Hello everyone, this is Justin. And I'm Sean. And this is the Dot Matrix. Da, da, da. Episode 50! <laughs> yes, finally! As you said moments ago before we turned it on. Six months late, but hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's quite alright. We go our pace. We do what we want to do. Said that she did. <laughs> that doesn't quite make sense, but anyways. Just... No, I like saying it that way, actually. Of she did. <laughs> so, we got a jam-packed, filled episode because it's our 50th, right? So, Yeah, we're just getting go, go, go until we can't talk anymore. Get ready. <laughs> it was like tuning out already. Okay, that's not like Change channel. Uh, so, we've got a lot of things to talk about, seriously, though, because, one, you had to tell us about uh, the weekend you had in this luxurious hotel in Yakulip. Yeah. Uh, Got to hear all about your tour, because sure. you've uh, gone and come back already. That's right. And I have nothing to share. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about your patio. Yeah, we can talk about my backyard. You're really yes. watching out there. And I, I went karaoke last night. <laughs> Are you serious? Is that why your voice is kind of raspy today? That and... <laughs> right, yes. And a few drinks, maybe? Just the one beer. But... Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good yeah. self-control. Yeah, no. It was, uh, was work-related. Uh, some people from work decided to go karaoke. And I'm like, sure, why not? A guy's got to have dinner. A guy's got to do something. And I was like the only manager with a whole bunch of other staff. And I was like, they were like singing and swearing with their, and I'm like, like our manager's in the room. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. How old's your manager? Or I, I'm the manager. Oh, you're, a man <laughs> yeah. you're the manager. I'm the manager. Oh, they're saying that about you. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. the old guy. <laughs> uh, sorry. I heard that. Heard and that it was mom. like, we were singing something, uh, we were singing Shares Believe. And I love that was, song. I know. And some other, what was the other? Oh, wait, some Backstreet Boys song, right? Um, the one that was really big in the late 90s. Like, uh, do, 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 do. Like that one? Yeah. Like, um, uh, we're Backstreet's Back or something? No, like it was at, oh, I can't remember. But it was around that same time. And then they were saying, look, uh, you know these songs, right? And I'm like, yes, yes, I know these songs. <laughs> we're there. They were really big when I was in university. And I was like, oh. <laughs> They're like awesome. 12, 13 years old. Oh, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. Oh, that's good. Where where, where was it? Was it by UBC? No, we were out in downtown. Was, um, I ended up having dinner in, at Hapa Zakaya, just on Robson mm -hmm. and, and Nicola Jerkis yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and then we went to karaoke just down the block on Robson. Just uh, some Korean restaurant that has karaoke in the back. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's the cool, cool places for that. Yeah, and all the seats were duct taped. Like people, yeah. like, I guess people climb around over each other, right? So they, they it gets kinda, crazy in there. It, it, it does <laughs> in some rooms. Oh, that's cool. I, uh, I, sorry, I'll will tell this quickly. But Please. Last last time I did karaoke was at Hoko's. Um, I don't know if you remember Hoko's, but it was on Powell um, in the East Side there, and uh, East Side karaoke. Nice. Oh, for sure, yeah. keeping it real. Absolutely keeping it real. And it, the cool thing was, you know, they had bands on a stage, like Cult Cargo played there, the Nines played there. Um, anyway, uh, so before the bands would start, they would have karaoke uh, nights and stuff early on in the evening during dinner. And it was a place where the, the sushi, sh sushi chef uh, did the sound with one hand and rolled sushi with the other. Like he kind of, <laughs> like the sound mix board was right there by the... That is so around. keeping it real. Yeah, that's pretty east side. I, I love it. Um, so karaoke is in the stage karaoke as opposed to in your, not in a room. Then exactly. Like karaoke bar, essentially, is what it sure. was. Okay. Um, a lot of fun. And uh, I went up. There's like thousands of songs in this book, right? I'm like, oh, I've got to find something. And it's just like anything else. Like when you go shopping, you have it, like money to spend. You're like, okay. Or like a bookstore certificates. Like what book am I going to buy? You can never decide, right? Right. So I'm flipping through and I'm like, oh, Paul McCartney. Heart of the country. Ah. So I thought, okay, I'll sing that because I love that song. It drives me lane ballsy, but I love that song. And uh, it's hokey as shit. It's like one of his hokiest tunes, but it's really fun. 
And and then I did All on the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix, which is like so not what I can do, but I went up and did it. And nice. it was so fun. Nice, nice. But that, I haven't done it since. So I miss it. Well well, I was out there last night doing a different class of song. I one of the songs I ended up singing was Barbie Girl by Aqua. Oh, <laughs> so you did the, the voices? Yeah, I, I had to be the guy because I was the only guy in the room. Oh so. my god, you and all the ladies right. like it. <laughs> and one beer, very well done. I try. I had to drive home, so I had, to oh, have yeah. the beer early, and then let the residual effectiveness help me out. For sure, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so let's start with the tour. Tell. Okay. The world, the world is listening, uh, about the tour. Yeah. Tour was super cool. Yeah. So in the relation of tours that you've been on. Yes. Where does this rank? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to judge. It's hard to judge because it was a different type of tour. And I haven't done a lot of tours. I've done, you know, Only a just a handful. And, uh, you know, and I mean, by tour, like outside of Lower Mainland, where you actually have to travel, sure. you yeah. know, uh, as a broad definition. But uh, it was great. It was probably the, the best one, only in the sense that um, band got along really great. And um, it was organized. It, it was it was pretty organized. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, you know, even though our, our management was helping us, you know, with travel and, and uh, making sure we're situated properly and all that um, it, it was largely a do-it-yourself kind of thing and, and Clint our bass player booked the thing himself so there were some shows where you know it's a good amount of people but there was also some shows where there wasn't a big crowd so we thought well you know we're out here we're gonna do it and it was a it was a big adventure it was a lot of fun um, it was it was fun to play like every night Again, you know, just new city, new show, new people to meet, keep going. Like, I like that. Yeah. When I stay put too long and, it, and it's not like a vacation, right. I get kind of antsy and I just want to go, you know? Sure. So this was great. So uh, we did all those East Coast cities that I think I was mentioning last time. And uh, yeah, what was the highlight in terms of, not like city in terms of atmosphere, but in terms of the crowd, in terms of, you know, the kind of vibe. It's just a really, like, that was a great show, a great city kind of thing. Like yeah. What what comes up as a highlight? Well, two of them do, and they're actually for me, and you know, it might differ from some of the others, but I think most of the others would agree. Is uh, the well, last, others aren't the last, on the show. It's just you. It's just me. It's all <laughs> it's all me and you right now. So, uh, I would say actually the last two. Okay, and the last two were Brooklyn and, and Montreal? Montreal. Okay. And I say that because, uh, well, Montreal the most people I think. Uh, it was one of the coolest. Venues, one of the bigger stages. What was the venue? Uh, it was Jackie and Judy. So w- describe the venue. Like, what was really cool about it? Well, you know, there was there was a lot of there was a bit different areas. Like, there was a kind of a nice, kind of loungy, very French looking area near the front. Um, you know, with like cool, you know, tables and couches and and like walls with pictures on a chandelier stuff. Like, it was very cool. kind of classical so. What was the name like of the that. place again? Jackie and Judy. I'm gonna find it and put a link on it. Yeah, cool. And the the the, the two women who met us there, I can't quite remember their names. Not Jackie and Judy. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. It's funny you mentioned, but yeah, no, they were actually not Jackie and Judy, um, unless that's their nickname. But they uh, they were very warm and welcoming, and it was a cool vibe. The sound lady was great. Um, I will remember her name the best I can for those who are prod- uh, the podcast. But she was so amazing and she helped us out and she got us sounding really good um met a lot of people um our our friend nick was there we hung out with him and uh yeah it was a good time and brooklyn was great too it was a smaller crowd but cool crowd uh, a, a big stage to play on um and you're in brooklyn so it was a cool vibe i, re- I really enjoyed that and so it was it, two, it was two shows in Brooklyn in the same place or was it so I remember you said you were there for two days maybe they're just two days but one show that kind of uh, two shows two shows the, the night before Brooklyn was in Manhattan oh so okay and I have to say that was a good day for me because well another reason it was my birthday that day so 
so it was the first time I spent my birthday outside of you know lower mainland, right? Right. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the show itself was a little crazy because there was um, huge cross wires of uh, communication of uh, time slots and who was playing when, and they actually cut off our, our our equipment during the last song, and where it's like pretty much only drums and guitar. Like you could hear yeah. after a while, like it was kind of weird. Weird. So yeah, there was there's you know, and the the last band that came on were trying to hustle us off the stage. It was it was a bit of a rowdy kind of thing. Okay, but being in Manhattan and everything leading up to that show was great. Getting into town, it was a nice night. Um, everyone had kind of done their own kind of thing, so I went off by myself and found dinner and had dinner with a woman that was also by herself, and we we're sitting oh, up at the bar eating together, having wine. She came to the show after. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, she. I said, just come on in, put you on the list, and and she was, and she actually did. I had to leave early because I had to go sound check. So sure. I said, nice having dinner with you. I'll, I'll maybe see you later if we're just a few doors down. And it was in Soho, and it was. It's just Neat. the shit. It's the shit. It's a great part of New York, um, as you know. Um, it, it, the venue there was. Um, Lit Lounge. Lit Lounge. Yeah. So, you know, it was a bar upstairs and this little room downstairs. It was almost kind of like cavernous downstairs, like this little kind of cave-like uh, environment. So it was, it was fun, but the show itself was a little weird. I thought we played well, but it was just the people involved were a bit sketchy. Um, so, those for, so those for me were the highlights. Um, it was great going to other places. I mean, we're in Cleveland. We went to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, nice. Checked out some stuff there and... That was mind blowing, of course. So, is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in like downtown Cleveland? Like, is it like really central, or is it kind of like the outskirts? And it's like it's the only thing there. You know what I mean? Like, right? No, no, it's not really right in downtown because it's actually along. I think it's along one of the Great Lakes. Oh, okay. Um, because there's like water right on the outside. Okay. Um, I took some pictures. Like, it's this building like right on the edge of like what looks like one of the the lakes. I can't remember if it's Lake. I, I don't know which one borders Ohio, but anyway, um, so yes, it's not right in the cores, big, expansive, like grassy area, and it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was great to see. I mean, there's a, a million pieces of memorabilia that I was like, yeah. you know, blowing my mind. Um, so that, you know, there was other highlights like between the shows, like when we arrived somewhere, we'd have good food, or we'd meet really cool people, or people at the shows are really cool. So it was, it was good. So did you find as as you were touring that uh, either generally or maybe it's city specific that people kind of came knowing you and knowing your music already, or or that people were there because either they were there to see some of the other bands and they were just discovering? Like, yeah, what did you feel in the vibe that it was more people discovering your music as opposed to people coming that I'm here because I want to see you guys? Right. It was a mix of both. Okay. Um, only because, you know, we would, people would come up, you know, your song, your records, the records and stuff, and people would say, hey, like in, uh, like in Cleveland, like, it wasn't a huge crowd, but people, there was a couple people that came up and were like, hey, we've seen you online, we've been kind of following you a bit, you know, your, your Twitter or your Facebook page or whatever, and, and, uh, we're, we're just happy you made it out here, um, you know, Neat. thanks for coming to our neighborhood, you know, and, cool. and, and it's so good to hear that after a show, because, sure. Sometimes, you know, you're in, you're in the middle of, like, where the hell am I? I'm in Ohio, right? Like, it's kind of strange feeling sometimes because it's, it's a new uh, territory and you're just like, okay, compared to, say, like, Manhattan or Montreal, you've been there and you kind of know those areas, right? But, um, so, but other times there would be people, and just as much, if not maybe a bit more, like, people would be like, hey, you know, because... Some of those places, people just go there. It's a, it's a Friday night or it's a whatever or a Wednesday night and people are just going in to watch band or they might know of a local band that's playing with us. And they're like, hey, I really like your stuff. Or there's just people who are just like, yep, good show. And, and they just, they just add in passing, you know. Um, just a lot of people who just want to watch bands, I, I, I thought. But but every, every now and again, someone would come up and say, hey, we've heard of you. We know you're from Canada. Like it's cool that you come all over here. That that's what I I found. Right. And thinking about 
you know, the fact that it was your birthday and that you turned uh, semi-milestone age. Like, how did you feel as you were going through it and afterwards? Like, were you feeling like, ugh, ugh, I'm too old for this shit? Or did you like, nah, this is energizing. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Like, what was your energy? My energy on that day was was awesome just because um, the first half of the trip, I, I experienced some trouble getting uh, proper sleep. And that's going to happen anyway when you're traveling uh, in this way that we're doing in a van, going from city to city. But I, uh, I had a lot of trouble turning my mind off. And um, you're out late anyway. And, and um, so I, it was kind of a, I was kind of like a zombie in the first few days. But by the time I got to New York, I was, we were settled in Brooklyn. Um, it was just a cool place to be. And I started to perk up more and get more into it. And, and um, I felt really good. The energy was great. It was, it was you know, just the, the weather being nice and being out and just walking around the city and knowing everything was ready to go. Uh, it, it was a really cool vibe. And um, I, I, I was totally like, yeah, 35, here we go. Like, I, I felt pretty positive about it, I have to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm, these days I'm not really, like, it occurs to me, wow, okay, 35. That's, wow. But it's more like a wow moment than a, a drag moment. Right. Yeah, I haven't felt that at all. Good. I feel, I, I, as you know, we've talked offline, I feel the exact same way. Like, 35 is, yeah, A-okay. It's, it's a really cool, you know, I think when, when we're older, 10, 15 years from now even, yeah. I think we'll look back like, hey, that was a cool period. Right. You know, like that, that would be great. Yeah, I still remember you and I were chatting like years and years, years ago. We were at, I can't remember, we, were, we had hot dogs and we were at the art gallery. And I was telling you my weird epiphany at that time. I think we were probably in our 20s. Like about the golden 20 years, you know, that right. between, you know, either 20 and 40 or 30, and, or yeah, probably 20 and 40, 25 and 45 kind of thing where, where you kind of look generally the same and society's view is really too old to do anything and you can make a shift at a certain age and 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 uh and i was thinking about this just the other day that that uh we're, we're still in the middle of that so i've been talking to a couple people who a couple of people who are in a bit of uh um transitions in their lives you know trying right. to figure out what they're going to do next yeah and and we're in those great great part this a sweet spot of those 20 years where we're not too early, but we need to prove ourselves anymore. Like, sure. And like, oh, you know, I got to prove myself as a good worker bee or as a good, you know, I don't know, whatever it is and in work and life and whatever. Like, we're at 30 fucking five. Yeah. And we don't need to do that shit anymore. And we no. can choose to spend our time wisely in a way that we find, it, you know, invigorating, um, uh, full and meaningful in whatever ways that looks like it materializes. We don't don't have to waste our time doing shit we don't want to do i'm swearing a lot for some reason today no totally <laughs> but, but i agree I, and i feel like sometimes we forget that even within those 20 some years there's just you have to treat those differently right like and this is the time where it's actually really great you know where you i don't know you feel that much more self-confident that much more sure of who you are and clear with all those things and there's that could always change and it always does change sure but like where we are actually empowered in the right way. You could be feeling empowered at 20, but actually you're freaking not empowered, right? You know what I mean? But 35, it's actually all comes together. It, I think in a lot of ways it can. It, it can be a, a new uh, jumping off point for people, but in a way where they've got more foundation, right? Yeah. Whether as 20, 25, you're like, you could still be like, wow, I just have no idea, you know? And that's okay. That's the cool part about being that. That's okay. Sure. Yet, I like how, where we're at now. I mean, obviously, there's greater responsibilities that we didn't have 10 years ago. But, they're, it's cool to have those responsibilities in a way. You know, like, whether it's a mortgage or, you know, someone has kids. Not me. <laughs> but, uh, so, I, I, you can tend to almost embrace it more right whereas we like face it head on like for me as much as you know things can you know you get delta card and you're just like oh 
okay, how do I how do I approach this? How do I deal with this? It's like in some ways you just gotta dive in, you know. Sure. And I find that it's as hard as that is, it it, it at times it, it can actually really help get you through it. Because you're just like, you know what, I gotta deal with this. I gotta you know, whether it's uh illness with a family member or uh a, 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 you know, your your job ends or <coughs> you know, like you know, just these cards that get dealt to you, right? So, well, I think, you know, when you talked about sort of, you know, <clears throat> at this stage, you have a little more foundation under you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, when we are confronted with those situations at 20, 25, sometimes you can go, shit, I don't know what the hell to mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. and why do I have nothing to draw on from my foundation? And and that can be scary and less empowering, right? When you're, you know, later on in life, I mean, just by going 10 more years in life, you get 10 more years of foundation. And so you can still be confronted with a situation and go, what am I supposed to do here? But at least you have enough, something that you can either try to unpack that question for yourself in your own foundational history or kind of go to, know where you can go to others who may be helpful or other resources or own knowledge, right? And I think at 20, 25, you kind of want to do things all on your own and maybe that's just Western society, you know? <laughs> yeah. At 35, I think just by living 10 more years, you get a little bit more humble that you're not the answer for everything. And you're never going to be the answer for everything, and uh, and that gives you more license and more empowerment to kind of go, okay, where can I go and find that answer, right, or find that help or whatever. And just ten years later, with like the web and such, just having way more yeah. resources just in yeah. that one. That's word. true. Yeah, it's not a person. It's like just a. a, <laughs> a of, I know. A lot of times, everything you need is on your phone. But yeah, but I I agree. I think um, empowered, more empowered, more. Uh, embracing the, the beauty and the pain, knowing that when you get through the pain, there will be beauty there. I think it's, you know, we don't want to think of it that way. We want to numb the pain and never get to what comes after the pain, right? And I think that's, you know, that's kind of natural for anyone to not really think about. So it's kind of touching that part and just kind of knowing, like, okay, well, if I just get over this. You know, like that, that will just open up other things, you know? So I, that's the way I've been kind of thinking about it. But then we get in these really kind of philosophical Yeah, modes. it's very beautiful, Sean. Well, <laughs> that's, that's very poetic. Where, yeah, well, it's like... <gasps> oh, yeah, I've got a, I bought a poetry book that I just got, <gasps> too. But I'll tell you in a second. So oh, you really? Finish that up. You're going to have to read yeah. something from it. <laughs> and once you do that, I've got a ton behind me where I can choose one, too. So let's do that. It's going to be a huge episode today. Okay. Okay. Sorry. You, uh, you, you, you were going to go on to something else? No, well, yeah, I had a couple of things. Uh, I just started to write down some of the things we want to talk about. One, I want to talk, well, one, we got to talk about the hotel. And I also put Obamacare. We should talk about that. Absolutely. That happened yesterday. But, yep. Yep. but why don't you talk, and then Nora Ephron passing away. I thought was kind of sad. Well, yeah, you made me think of that when watching the internet. Well, and that's why I put it on when I, when you know, the whole back patio story, maybe we'll lead into both of those. Uh, is, you know, finally, you know, as you know, we were having this sort of uh, backyard. We've had this backyard and this fence that goes into the alleyway fell down like five years ago. <laughs> and me being me, kind of go, ah, you know, whatever, we'll deal with it. And I'm okay living, being like I'm in a ghetto for a while, that's fine. And then finally, you know, Vanessa, uh, takes the bull by the horn and actually gets someone to actually build us this fence. And I've probably talked about this before in previous podcasts. But so now we have this enclosed fence. So all this spring we've been sort of getting the garden in order, putting a patio in, and then the realization of also crap, or not crap, but hey, I'm 35. I'm an adult. I can get nice things. So I bought that really beautiful outdoor couch which you've seen photos yeah, of. Yeah, it's great. And, um, and we position it in a way to get a little bit of privacy so we're not always staring at our neighbors who have a, a patio like higher up than others in their yard. So it's just a little bit just nicer. But the way that, that you look, you look sitting on your wonderful new couch at that new fence. <laughs> so it's kind of like, right? It's like not the greatest. And, so, and I kept thinking there and I had this that grand epiphany that I am going to make an outdoor theater. And so we, I yesterday, as, you, as I'm saying to you before we started, the Epson Movie Mate 85 HD arrived from UPS. <laughs> I ordered it off some some uh, some local actually tech 
company website. Uh, they have a store on Broadway, and they have they had on their website they had they said they had ten of these things left in um, in a warehouse in Toronto and two in a warehouse in Richmond. Perfect. Huh. And the Epson I was gonna buy it from Epson itself on the Epson Canada website, but they but I it was in stock, and by the time I went to go get it, it was out of stock. I'm like shit. And so I searched online, you know, Epson Movie Mate 85 HD plus Vancouver. Just see, right? Right. And this company came up, and and so we, I bought it online from them, and and actually it was a fifty percent off, so fifteen uh, percent off, so it was like a, a bit of a discount. So I was like, score even better. So it arrived, but it arrived from Toronto. They shipped it from Toronto, not from Richmond. I don't wow. understand. But anyway, so it arrived, and um, and then we. Uh, uh, I came home after karaoke last night, mm-hmm. and I thought it's like eleven o'clock. I'm like, I'm gonna give it a try. It's not raining, and so we went outside, Vanessa and I, and we put on "When Harry Met Sally," we're thinking, you know, in, in homage to Nora Ephron who passed away. And we watched like the first segment when they meet, and then they tr- drive to New York together, and then they leave each other right at the at the Ark, at the mm-hmm. Washington, whatever that Ark the is, Washington, Washington Square, Square yeah. Ark. And then they're going to be airport scene where they, they meet each other for like, you know, 10 years later. Kind of right. Thing, right. So we stopped it there because it started to rain. But uh, it was beautiful. It works great. So I'm very excited about this patio. Oh. So we're going to have many, many summer evenings just watching any movie we want. I can't wait. Oh, my God. I'm excited. <laughs> but yeah, so that leads to Nora Ephron, which I was very sad to hear. Like, it just was so... Uh, so Fairly so. I think she knew. She, I forget what the illness was. Was it? It's a certain cancer. Yeah. Cancer. So it was complications through. I want to say leukemia, but it I was leukemia. It was yeah. And um, you know, and I, it, I mean, I'm gonna sound really old and cantankerous, but I hate all the 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 you know when the flood of tributes come in, and they're from like people who are like putting in 140 characters of tributes on Twitter, oh, right. and uh, and actually. I want, I read something from EW uh, Entertainment Weekly on their website, and there's all these wonderful like homages from Meryl Streep, uh, Meg Ryan, uh, Billy Crystal, and a lot of them were definitely more than 140 characters. And in Meryl Streep one is particularly she, they kept saying, you know, Meryl Streep sent this really nice email. Sure, in, like in a response, proper right, a proper letter at yes. least you know. It's, yeah. And then on the bottom is all these streaming things like. You know, Alyssa Milano says, "Don." I'm like, okay, oh. whatever. Uh, but you know, so it's just. Uh, so I, I won't. I don't want to complain about Twitter, but uh, but there were some really nice, you know, tributes coming in, and, and I've always loved when Harry Mattel is the signature piece of her work, at least in in, in, in film. So you know, it's funny because we had seen some little things on her, obviously this week, and I'd never seen the signature. Oh, you've never seen Sleepers in Seattle? I've never seen it. Oh! I, I really should see it. It's, you know, it's it's pretty cute. Like, I, I just, yeah. I did I did like it. Like, a lot, obviously, a lot of people are like, it's not, obviously, as great as Harry Met Sally, but it's it's pretty good. So, I will definitely watch that now, because um, she did a masterwork in Harry Met Sally. Well, there's, like, you know, when I, I think when Harry Met Sally is, uh, in, from beginning to end, is just such a, perfect piece of filmmaking yeah but when i think about Nora efron and, and and my sister was talking about some of the stuff they were showing on ew is like what wakes are really famous are, are just famous scenes right so even sure. with, with in harry but sally there's like a million a million almost every which is why that movie is so brilliant every scene is a famous scene classic yeah. but if you think about like sleeping in seattle there's like there's a good handful of those scenes are really impressive like when they are weeping about an affair to remember and the guys weep about the dirty dozen movie like that's a pretty famous scene and and i always think about the one where rob reiner and and tom hanks are walking up one of those streets in uh, actually either they're walking up the street in seattle or they're sitting in some diner in seattle. i think they're sitting in some diner in seattle and rob reiner does this like amazingly good Cary Grant impression about oh. him choosing swatch, uh, 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 buying a swatch watch or something. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so like, there's little things like that, and I think was You Got Mail, which I've never really thought was a great movie, but yeah, because the original is so much better. Uh, but it still in itself had a couple of good scenes, right? So was that one like a continuation, or is it related to? No, not at all. It oh, was just okay. one of those things where 
they just brought the same two stars together again, right? Oh, okay. Uh, it's sort of like the old days of filmmaking, right? Where Jimmy Stewart was always in like half a dozen movies with uh, all, whatever. It's like, again, I'm spacing out, like, but, uh, but like Ginger Rogers right? and Fred Astaire, right? They were yeah. in like a thousand movies together, yeah. always different characters, always putting on a show. Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn. Exactly, that sort of thing, right? And that's, I wish there was more of that today. Like, it, yeah. would, it would show actually a lot more versatility, I think, in actors if they can enroll, uh, encompass different roles and still have a, I create different chemistries, sure. different connections, right? That's that's a very good point. And, you know, I, I'm sure there have been examples we just haven't, we just can't think of any at the moment because usually it involves a sequel. But what yeah. I like about what you're saying is it's, it's a whole other movie, all different roles, but the same. Characters. I think that would be a true test. It's actually, I wonder if someone's got to possibly compile that online, like some nerd somewhere. <laughs> of examples where, you know, like the leading actor and leading actress have done that together in different movies. Right. I'm sure. We'll see. I'll look it online when I do the yeah. description. And if I find one, I'll put a quote in. <laughs> but, you know, when, when the news of her passing came about, you know, it made me start to think about movies again. Um, like on Monday, Elena. And ah. um, you know, I liked Aliens, so I thought, okay, well, maybe I should see this one because I'm not obviously, as you know, like I'm not, I'm not huge on sci-fi. Sure. Like, there are some sci-fi movies I really like, but I'm not. Every time one of these big, huge, crazy sci-fi things comes out, like I have to see it. Like it, it's just not my cup of tea, really. Right. But there are ones that I'm like, oh, that was cool. Like. And I'm, as you know, I don't like superhero movies, really. <laughs> However, I did, I did quite like Watchmen. Watchmen see? Um, for whatever reason. See, I, I'm like you. I'm not a huge fan either. I did like Spider-Man 2. I thought that was good. Uh, and when I watched the Watchmen, I, I, and I guess, you know, that the, the, the theme and the story arc behind it is quite profound. Yeah. And and it, that's exactly what the storyline is from the actual comic book. That's true, uh, but yeah, for some reason I was like, "Why is that guy blue so much? <laughs> How come he's so huge but his junk's so tiny?" I know, you know, like little things like that just threw me off. But well, anyways. I was thinking of like what I and I and you probably would think of as a movie event. You know, like sure. a couple years ago when Midnight in Paris came out. To me, that was like okay, this when movies like that come out. They're like to me. That's a movie. Like, yeah. um, uh, I, you know, there's other examples, but when Harry and Sally, like, I mean, that was obviously twenty years ago or more, but that was a big moment. I lo I love just good story, amazing dialogue, cool arc. You know, like, sure. Like you say, like some classic scenes, like modern classic scenes are in there. Um, to me, that's that's a movie. And then That's there's movies movie. like Taken, which are just so brilliant. Oh. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I'm I will go see number two with you. Oh yes. We we watched it at Elaine's uh, dad's house and, and and like yeah, that was cool. That was just kick ass. Oh, I love I mean, who doesn't who doesn't love Liam Neeson, right? <laughs> and then the next born movie. Oh, yeah. It's going to have Jeremy Renner instead yes. of... Uh, at first, I was like, born without Matt Damon, but I like how they're kind of adapting it. Right, and apparently like they're going to do a fifth one, and it looks like Matt Damon might come back. And, oh, really? Which would be nice. It would help frame four in a real context with the whole thing. If, well, if four hasn't come out yet, has it? No, it hasn't, yeah. But I'm just saying, like when I watched the trailer for four, I was like, I was kind of like you, and I'm still in that camp where it's like, well, it's Matt, no Matt Damon, what's the point? Yeah. But it is true that there... And when you think about how they talk about the Treadstone program, that we're going into this weird movie thing, <laughs> but and, but like it's like of course there's more than just him. I mean they, they say there's more than just him, but it's kind of like I think instead of splintering into a whole now new series with Jeremy Renner, like you show that, but then you in five if you can bring it back with Matt Damon, that yeah. would help bring the whole piece instead of splintering into two different series kind of thing. Right. It's like just. It's born in its entirety, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. That's just my view. I've not even seen for it except for the trailer. So it actually look, and I like Jeremy Renner from his other work, right? I thought, See, I don't know where he was from. Other, I mean, I know I just saw recently uh, Mission Impossible Four. Yeah, Ghost Protocol. And he was pretty oh, good. That's another I got. See, 
I'm not a huge action guy either, but I love the Bourne movies. I love the new James Bond movies. Right. And I love the Mission Impossible movies. Especially three. And I, I, I like two. One, I didn't like as much. But well, I might yeah. watch it again because it's been years. But, but yeah, it just gets me excited to watch movies. I love watching movies. There's a new movie with uh, Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen. Yes, the last waltz takes this waltz or something. Take, take this take, waltz. Takes this. Take, take this waltz. Yeah, yeah waltz. That that looks really good. Yeah. Well, but anyway, when I was saying to to Vanessa, like, I mean, we tested the back patio movie outdoor experience right. with Harry and Sally for a little bit. But when we're gonna sit down and watch the very first one from beginning to end. It's gonna be taken. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So the sound, where do, where do you have the sound coming out? Well, the Epson Movie Mate 85 <laughs> HD is a projector with a DVD player embedded in it okay. with speakers embedded in it. So oh. it's one thing, not much bigger than the shoebox here that we're what? propping up the, the thing on, uh, the microphone on. And uh, and it's great because it's, it's not a Blu-ray player, it's just a DVD player. But you know most of my DVDs are DVDs, and yes. you had there's output, so you can you can output an Apple TV, an iPad, uh, oh, and, nice. and bring in stuff, or even a, like a cheap small little Blu-ray player. You can oh, that's just good. Do that, so you can do that, and there is speakers. Uh, the speakers aren't like colossal, wonderful, awesome speakers, but they're pretty good. Well, you don't, you yeah. can't really have something blasting anyway. Well, exactly, because it's like a backyard. You like yeah. neighbors, right? So yeah, so yeah. it's 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 good, yeah. But it's all there. That's why I bought it instead of just an LCD projector, and then having to bring out a stereo system and a receiver like every time. Like I'm not gonna handle that shit. I just want something I can pick up and out there and play, and it's perfect. That's so cool. It's what a great find. That's that's great because I, I you know one of those things I'd be like, okay, I gotta. Gotta go here for the speakers. Gotta go there for the, you know. I, I I just wouldn't think that way. But no, that's 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 really good. Well, I when I thought this idea, I thought, okay, where can I go to find out what to do here? The internet. <laughs> <laughs> so I googled how to make a backyard uh, theater or something, and there's backyardtheater.com. <laughs> and it's like a forum where all these people are talking about how they're doing it. They're taking Crazy. pictures of their stuff, and a lot of people are taking like you know giant PVC tubes and making this giant frame and like this really big stuff, right? Cool. And people are taking like, oh yeah, if you want to do it the cheap, just get an LCD projector and lug out your old stereo, lug out your, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that shit. But, and, and on that, on that um, site, they talked about one of the popular LCD projectors is this one because it has everything all together. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's cool. <laughs> Good for you guys. No, that's really cool. I can't wait to see. There you go. Oh, so tell us about You Cool It. Sure. Um, yeah, so You Cool It. Like, it's just... Yeah, you give the backstory. I'm going to go get the... Sure. Uh, to the public. I'm going to get the poetry book so we don't have oh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. empty space. So, yeah, it was really amazing. Um, went there. We had a three-day weekend, and we got... This was part of a Groupon. So, two-night stay at this hotel. It's like 100 Okay. I can't remember, like, I'm back, by the way. Nice. And, uh, hey, cool. Oh, nice. I can't wait to dig in. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. I was pointing at the poetry book. Yeah. Just two <laughs> Anyways. So, Groupon. Groupon. Um, uh, came with a $50 voucher to their restaurant. Uh, oh, nice. That was fun. Uh, the one in the hotel. Also... A, a bottle of wine. You had mm. to pick red or white. So I picked red and Malbec, and it was actually pretty good. Uh, it was great. We brought Dexter, and amazing room. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell bigger, me about the room. Bigger than this. Wow. Okay? We had, you know, a great living room where we had the uh, doors to the patio and had a screen door on it, so you could just open it and hope mosquitoes got in or whatever. Uh, and so, what was it? Did you say the name of the place? Oh, the hotel. Oh, the it's the Black Rock Resort. Black Rock. Because yeah. all the beaches are Black Rock around there. Oh, okay. Rock. Whereas Tofino, like thirty kilometers north, it's just like sandy. Oh, okay. So, go there. Um, so you have the nice living room, just you know, very modern furnishings, great kitchen, off the living room, like way bigger than ours. 
um, also it's like like the it's, the sweets are just very much like like you can actually bring in food and just cook. Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's full on sweet. Like nice. it's it, it was great. Um, uh, like we took a video of the whole place. We had to just capture it. Like sure. The the bedroom just really comfortable bed. Like just you know bigger than ours here. Um, just really awesome. It had these these panel. Um, kind of like foggy windows or whatever like above the bed that uh you open it to the washroom it's oh, like okay on the other side of it is the big soaker tub oh. so it's like a total hotel like sure. hotel kind of thing wow and so and then the 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 bathroom had a soaker tub had a rain shower i mean it was fabulous it was big in size and um uh and then the patio was great you could see the 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 water like the, the waves crashing over these big rocks and stuff and yeah it was fantastic so every day we you know one of the days we went up to Tofino took pictures on the beach which is one of the things I've done before so I have um, we got the GoPro camera which is the thing that like you know, you can show behind you. yeah what is that it's this little thing that you stick it like like on your head and you just film it. it's just like, all this wide view oh. um I've got some measure right here but um, as we play <laughs> sorry see we took one of Dexter in our apartment so it kind of does this kind of thing right okay so we're watching it so it's it's on your we're watching a little video for those of you at home <laughs> so it's that kind of kind of weird kind of wide view so we're just oh. taking big, uh, videos of Dexter and stuff like on the beach this way okay. this is us you know looking in the apartment and stuff as he he, he came home this is when I came home from uh from the from tour, the tour. We just want to see Dexter's reaction. It's kind of weird, kind of round, kind of lens. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I see this before. Like, I mean, not necessarily, you know, with, with actual people. Like, you see on TV sometimes that sort of shot, right? That, yeah, it's almost like fisheye sort of. Yeah, like point of view, like your personal point of view shot kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what we did. Cool. And um, we uh, had great breakfast out in Little Town as a kid. And, um, dinner at the restaurant was amazing. So I guess I'm assuming the restaurant overlooks like the beach and like everything. Yep. Okay. Same same view as kind of our apartment. Our apartment is just above it. And uh, uh, what else? I don't know. There was like lots of trails because on the other side of the uh, the hotel is Pacific Ocean. So like it's like the ocean kind of surrounds it, but like there's like the, the part where our view was was more kind of like this little kind of enclave area. Okay. Whereas on the other side is just that's. You know, eventually you you see Japan, and uh, it was it was awesome. Like we took Dexter around. We we kind of tuckered him out over the the weekend, but um, we stopped in Coombs. Have you been to Coombs? I have been to Coombs. That place is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they have the 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 goats, the goats on, the on the roof. Yes. So all of that we did all that. I I stopped in on my road trip when I was oh, coming nice. down from the island uh, from. Port Hardy down to Victoria or to Nanaimo and then I stopped in Coombs. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's it's wild. It's I love it. The craziest thing. We stopped in Parksville and at the tourist center they have this little barbecue truck. Oh. Probably some of the best barbecue I've ever had. Wow. Amazing. Nice. So stuff like that. It was just a great weekend. Uh the hotel was fabulous. Like when the like I post on Facebook, it was like the nicest room I think I can remember ever staying in. Um Wow. And just, you know, just awesome. So, we cool. Had really cool cocktails in the, there's this other kind of bar. It's sure. like the big restaurant, but there's kind of like a more of a loungy bar. Right. Super awesome. Like, had some really was it really cool busy? Like, the, was the hotel really busy or was it pretty casual laid back? Even if there was a lot of people, it just felt nice. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Total, like, soul searching type of place. It was, awesome. it was that kind of thing. Wow, totally. Uh, it was busy on the Saturday because they had a wedding. But on a Friday night and the Sunday and the early Monday, nice. Loved it. And your Groupon was uh, was available for the weekend because usually sometimes those Groupons are only like weekdays or something like that, right? Like oh, really? Monday. That was good. No. So you had no restrictions. That's great. It just had you had to book by the end of the year or something oh, okay. like that. One of those. So it was good. Nice. Totally that's... recommend it. Um, I mean, like. That's something we could do because the Groupon, like something we, you know, we obviously be a little more 
thoughtful about doing right, right. Be, it be, uh, otherwise at a normal sure. rate but um it, it was if, if that ever comes up again yeah, jump at it it is an amazing story cool neat yeah i enjoyed nice. it nice so before we, i think we should end with a bit of poetry but yeah, sure. the only other thing that was on our list we haven't talked about was the big obamacare supreme court ruling and the funny thing that was happening is when I, I saw, I was at work and someone said, saw on their phone, as we've been talking about, the phone is the uh, source of all information these days, uh, that the Supreme Court had ruled that for the most part, Obama, the health care, I, I don't want to call it Obamacare, people call it Obamacare, I don't like that name. I, I don't but, either. I uh, just the yeah, health care affordability act or whatever the official term is, um, uh, for the most part was upheld by the Supreme Court. And for for the exact reason around that it was a it's a legitimate tax, <laughs> and I'm like, oops, that's not exactly the way we wanted to frame it, but it's okay. Yeah, um, that's but, weird. But the funny thing was that uh, that there's a lot of those, and, and there's got some press, right? All these tweets from Americans who were dissatisfied, and they're all gonna they're all saying, "Oh, screw this, I'm moving to Canada." Right. <laughs> and basically, everyone's saying, "You idiots!" Like, <laughs> if you don't like a ball, if you don't like the the healthcare act, then. Uh, uh, that's even that's that healthcare act is more conservative than what we have up here. <laughs> so, anyways, it's too kind of funny. But uh, but I don't have much to say other than uh, it was interesting to see where they ruled and uh, <coughs> interesting to see the impact on the election. You know, I heard a guy, a pundit on Radio One, saying that this isn't going to be the huge bombshell thing that the election is going to be because there's so many other. Uh, issues at the moment, economy, jobs, and all that kind of stuff, environment, whatever. It it will be a part of it, but I think Romney has. I mean, can you even tell me some sort of platform that Romney has put forward yet? No. I mean, there's no Romney plan. So I think if you just look at the things that uh, Obama's done for you know in a kind of social way. Like this, uh, the, the, uh, the, the children immigrant thing, not sending kids right. back. Like that's huge. That was a decision that people were waiting for, um, which I think is the humane way to go. It seems like everything Obama does, the others turn around and are like, "Oh, well, we're going to repeal that." It's like, and then do what? No sure. one's asking. Oh, what are you going to do instead? What's your alternative, right? right. Um, so I I thought it was actually kind of surprising that the courts didn't strike it down. I thought it would be, if not a full victory for the Republicans, I thought it would be more half and half. I think the tax, calling it a tax thing is a little silly. But at the same time, I think it is a victory. And, um, you know, Elaine was talking about it the other night. She said, if we kind of look at it this way, it's like, the Republicans, they're like the, the policy lawmakers or whatever, they're they've all got money, right? They're all going to be in a situation where they're going to be able to take care of themselves. But until it happens to them, where they have a child that's you know in a lot of trouble, needs a lot of medical attention, and where they don't have a lot of money, like until they're in a situation like that, they're never going to understand why millions of Americans have to have health insurance of some kind, you know? So it, it's it's kind of like until they're ever imagining themselves in their shoes, they're never going to understand why this is kind of necessary. You know, they, they just see it as, well, we don't want to tell Americans how to spend their money. Well, it, it's, it, they're looking at it, in my opinion, as way too simplistic, like, again, you know? Right. And it's, so we'll see what happens. I think... You know, Democrats who also have a lot of money, you know, anyone in government has a lot of money, as far as I can tell, or are living a certain type of lifestyle. But, but the difference is they're actually trying, it seems, they're trying to make a, a progressive step here for American people, right? So that's the kind of difference right there. So I don't know. Well, I think, you know, what you're saying, or what what you're saying that Elaine was saying, 
is is many indicative of, of I think of the of, of if you think about right and left and Republican Democrat or whatever conservative progressive or whatever where on the right side you know there isn't a lot of acknowledgement they might acknowledge that at different perspectives and different situations exist but they don't accept it as a reason for why you would ever do policy a certain way and uh, and either you know people are like us or people want to be like us which is you know fairly affluent and well and be and accessible to all uh, all the things that we need and we don't have to worry about we don't have to make decisions based on money right and so if you start to make policy based on your perspective and your point of view and your worldview that's really challenging because unless you represent the 99 percent or whatever you know it's you're never going to do a, you'll do a policy that makes sense for you i think the democrats you're right tend to still i mean if you're in, in a decision making uh, uh position Usually, you come from some affluence or some some capacity to not have to worry about that either, right? But there's at least an understanding that there are other points of view, and you have to think more broadly, right? So, but that's what makes it troublesome because the easy answers are the simple answers that deal with one perspective, right. and then people get lost in the details of the well. You know, we live a certain way; we have certain means of affording healthcare and our whatever things that come up to us but other people don't okay so if we answer that question if other people don't what's the next thing how do you help that and then people just get bored or not bored and just they, they just like okay you're losing me right you're losing mm -hmm. me i just how do i solve it for me and that's as long as they can figure that out then that's what i'm going to vote for right or whatever that's what i'm going to agree with so so there's a just there's something wrong with the system in that sense so um but anyways that's just sort of when you were saying that about your conversation with lane and sort of brought up those thoughts to me but the other thing about the healthcare thing which i thought was interesting is that like you're you said earlier but you know the economy is going to be the overriding issue so this is going to be a secondary piece but what would have been helpful and i'm just starting to read this article in the new york times I've, i have it on my ipad i haven't been reading it but how how they were saying you know david axelrod who was you know the one of the big obama advisors said yeah. at the when the healthcare law was passed you know two years ago you know don't worry you know, as Americans, they may not be in favor of it now, but, you know, two years from now when people understand what the what's happening and understand the benefits, people will be in favor of it. And two years later, the probably the, the opinion rates are still the same. Right. And there's a lot of frustration from the Democratic side about how, you know, if, you know, if we had done a, 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 a very concerted, campaign to educate the American people about what this bill is and what the benefits are for everyone, why it's better for the American public, uh, then it could be a really strong uh, issue to campaign on, right? Mm. Because the because you may or may not agree that the economies can be better off under a Democratic president or Obama as president, uh, which is the overriding issue. But then you could always say, well, you know, it's a crapshoot. Romney probably won't be any better anyways. Mm -hmm. So if it's a crapshoot on the economy, then you can use the healthcare as saying, but look, we got healthcare. And generations from now, you'll realize the benefit of it. And, you know, two years is unfortunately not a small, small not a long window enough. I think, you know, the Healthcare Act and their positioning in part of what's history is, is as big social change as, you know, the welfare system and the Medicare system that was you know, implemented by previous presidents decades ago. Right? Sure. And this is the next big, this is the biggest thing since then. So history will prove that. Like, but I agree. Three, four decades from now. Yeah. But there wasn't enough of a campaign to help within that two-year span to help people understand that. And so, so now the Democrats can't really use this victory all that much because the economy is so strong of an issue. And, and they don't have that, that groundwork done in the last two years to communicate to the public. And so the article is starting to sort of say, well, yeah, part of the problem was that I think the speculation was that the White House thought, one, that people were just sick and tired of talking about healthcare. They wanted to move on to a different topic. So that the decision two years ago about why they didn't keep pressing it. Okay. And the other thing is they couldn't get funding. Like they couldn't find the money to be able to actually put out a concerted camp, uh, communications hmm. campaign like that. There's no donors who wanted to do that. They were all focused on other issues, right? Like the economy, like jobs. Because it's, uh, in some respects, there's, you know, there's some responsibility for the government to explain policy that is being implemented on behalf of the federal government. But sometimes it is a very partisan thing too, yeah. right? And we, you know, the, the Harper government always gets in trouble using 
you know, government money to to uh, to basically say very partisan messages, right? So uh, so I can see how they wanted to be very transparent about that or try to understand how to fund that, right? So it's not legitimately a hundred percent federal government communications issue. Right? It's actually somewhat of a democratic communications issue. Well, and I think too is the timing. In their four years that they know they have for sure, they had to get it done at least by the third year. They couldn't do this in election year. You know what I mean? And they would need a good year at least to go by before an election to see how the response is. And You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. Obama, like, they probably had this four-year plan, right? And then some, and they're probably like, okay, well, by year two, we got to try and get this done. If it's sure. going to get done, it's going to be now. And I think that was the main issue. Whereas I think you're right. I think, I mean, people always throw that back at the Republicans. Like, well, what about Medicaid, Medicare, right? Social Security. Right. You're going to just, you know, there's some people like, what's his face, idiot, uh, Rick Perry, who would probably gut both of those things. You know, it's just amazing. So I think that it was just, it's, it's all strategies. Like, when can we feasibly, where's our window to pass this? And I think that was the only. Sure. Yeah. You couldn't do it within a year because you're just figuring anything out. Year two, the only time, or, or, he risks <clears throat> getting elected again, and then, like Bush did when he's like, "I have capital and it's going to be spent on everything I'm going to do." Right. Well, I could see Obama going that way, just in his own way. So, which he will get reelected. I'm pretty positive. Fingers crossed. I feel very confident about that myself. Um, Romney is lame duck already, even before getting elected. So <laughs> he has no plan. Wait till he announces his vice president. That will be a game changer. <laughs> the only person they could they could have is Christie, Governor Christie in New Jersey. Really? You think so? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. He keeps Christie keeps saying he's not gonna do he's not gonna do it. But he showed up at that Utah resort <laughs> where you had to pay a hundred thousand dollars to go rub shoulders with the uh, Republican candidate. Right. Anyway, I I don't know who else they're gonna even think to choose, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> does it really matter? No. Obama's gonna win in the end, <laughs> and Obama's gonna do. He's going to go forward with a lot of other things that he probably would have wanted to do during the first year, uh, for first term. That's my prediction. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll have an election party. Oh yeah, this November. Nice. So, <laughs> so shall we close out with a bit of poetry? Yeah, let's a... do it. Well, I, I you start uh, with yours, and then I'll, I'll pick one of mine. Yeah, I picked up as I did an Amazon. I've been ordering, buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> Plus couches, you know, um, projectors and everything. And, and so I bought a few things on Amazon uh, because I realized there's this documentary that I wanted and they only had three left. And I wanted to just get above the, the shipping. The shipping. <laughs> and course. I had this on my car, on my wish list for a while yeah. because you know me, I'm a big Nick and Giovanni fan. For sure, for sure. And they had only one left. So I'm like, well, wow. just pick it up. It was like, you know, really cheap. It's a hardcover book. It's a collection of her of her poems. Uh, there, it's called love poems. So it's a collection of her love poems, and I've been flipping through it, and they're relatively short, most of them actually. Cool. And uh, and what I the one I was just quickly thought I would read as I was awesome. flipping through it is um, one called "And I Have You." Okay. And I'll read it, and then I'll explain why I chose it or why I like it. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because it, it's sort of written in a physical way that shows a bit of a break, so it's kind of hard to show uh, oh, read yeah. it in that way that you can see it. But yeah. uh, but anyway, so you, you can see it here, Sean. But everyone listening at home can. <laughs> and I've only read it a few times, so if I stutter, I apologize. I was like, just read it already. <laughs> um, rain has drops, sun has shine, moon has beams that make you mine. Rivers have banks, sands for shores, hearts have heartbeats that make me yours. Needles have eyes, 
though pants may prick. Elmer has glue to make things stick. Winter has spring, stockings feet. Pepper has mint to make it sweet. Teachers have lessons, soup du jour. Lawyers sue bad folks, doctors cure. All in all, this much is true. You have me, and I have you. Very sweet. What I love about it is just what I'm finding, I find really powerful about her work and her mindset is that she, most of the poems that I've been attracted to, maybe this is a theme in her actual, just how she writes in her thinking, mm -hmm. is there's an inevitability of things, you know, like, mm. like, just don't fight it. Like, I'm yours, you're mine. Mm. That's it. You know, like, mm -hmm. rains have drops. That's a fact. And, you know, right. like, right. and, and I love that confidence, that, 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 that subtle confidence, that. So that subtle line between confidence and inevitability, right? Um, I'm confident because it's inevitable, right? And, and the way she talks about it, the way it's physically shown in pairs, you know, do, and there's a duality here, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, winter has spring, you know, pepper has mint, and they're, they're natural pairs. They're inevitable. They, they, they form in nature as much as you and I form in nature, whoever the you and I are, right? Right. Yeah, and, and that uh, could be bunch of different things yeah yeah and so i love that i just love that that rare combination of confidence because of inevitability uh and i think in many ways when you know that 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 creates a different unique feeling which in many ways is probably what love is right and that's the attraction like you don't know why it's just it's what it is like and it, you know and i just i like that well Anyways. i really like that I like the way it was written. Like those, like there would be a line with a bunch of space in it. Um, yes. Which, you know, I. I think it's it's really kind of cool. It's. It's uh, it's not all very kind of out there where it's like one word here and then another word in the middle of the page and you know you know things like that. Right. Which I think is. Gets it gets a little too out there for me even like I think. Right, there's a certain thing where the physical, the physical way you place words on a paper, can affect and influence and be a positive. But sometimes you go too far, right? right. Sort of like, you know, you can have a subtle decor, interior decorating style, and then sometimes you just go way overboard, and it's like you just threw up in your room, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, there is a poem I really like. Um, that's. It's really long, and I was just going to read an excerpt. Okay. The first thing that kind of came to mind. Um, and it it's kind of goes towards kind of the stuff I was talking about before with with the poems is that. Um, Did you want to turn back into the mic, Sean? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I get kind of lost in this stuff, but it's uh, it's it's more it's 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 kind of like from first person point of view but it's 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 the imagery that i really like it, it's kind of the the atmosphere that it really paints okay so this is uh and this is a, a very famous poem actually by t.s Eliot. okay so it's a longer poem but i'll just read the first just go just past the first page uh it's the love song of j alfred prufrock okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you're typing that pretty good you're so good with those electronic keyboards. <laughs> um, so I, I I got this little book because um, I read a T.S. Eliot poem once that I, I thought, oh, that's cool. And I thought, well, I don't really know much about him. And I never got to learn about him in school. So, um, so here we go. Um, this is how it starts. So it goes, let us go then, you and I when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient etherized upon a table, let us go through certain half-deserted streets, the muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels, and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells, streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent, to lead you to an overwhelming question, oh, do not ask, what is it? Let us go and make our visit. In the room, the woman come and go, talking of Michelangelo. The yellow fog that rubs its back upon the window pane 
the yellow smoke that rubs its muzzle on the window pane. Licked its tongue into the corners of the evening, lingered upon the pools that stand in drains. Let fall upon its back the soot that falls from chimneys, slipped by the terrace, made a sudden leap, and seeing that it was a soft October night, curled once about the house and fell asleep. And it goes on from there. But I really like it. Uh, just It just talks about different places, different experiences. Um, it's like when you go out into the night and you're like, you know, let's just make this what it can be. You know, and and see what comes about. It's it's nothing planned. It's it's just kind of just kind of happening in real time. So I just see a lot of colors when I read this. Kind of like when you're listening to music, and you're, you just get like a cool color palette going. Um, that's why I liked it. Like when I read it, I was like, oh, this like it's it hit me right away. It's something I I really like. So it's cool. Well, it was funny was when you were talking about not funny, but when you were framing the poem about how very visual it was, I was just listening to the words and it starts out rather, rather, you know, talking about the sky and talking or whatever, the, the tree, I forget the wording at the beginning, it was definitely more nature focused, right? Right. And I kept thinking, okay, okay. And then suddenly like everything, it was, no, 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 it's, it's within a, a bustling mm -hmm. city or, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it was really fascinating. And then you, when you were talking about what drew you to it, about sort of the organicness of just letting things happen, it was this funny. It was like, thinking, wow, yeah, I, mean, I thought organic because I thought it was just like a natural, natural kind of thing. But the theme about, you know, being organic, letting things flow as a theme of what's happening in the, as the poem progresses, but in the physicality, it's actually taking place in a very manufactured place, like a city with exactly. windows with manufactured you know. landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Would you, would you describe that? Cool. Totally. And that, that's actually probably a better way of explaining what I was kind of thinking. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Cause I mean, that as says is right there. It's, there's a couple things I noticed, but it's kind of like Dylan before Dylan, mm -hmm. just because of the things he's talking about. Also, um, he rhymes at times, and other times he doesn't. And I like that. It's almost sonnet-like, the way the first kind of stanza is. And then it repeats itself, like it uses the same ends of certain phrases, which I like. Um, back upon the window pane, on the window pane. So do that twice in a row. I just love how that breaks it up. Right. It's not like a perfect scheme. Mm. And so yeah, I, I that was that was one that I I kind of go to when I think poems like this. The first that pops into my mind. Sweet. Yeah. What a great way to end. Yeah. We were all over the place, but I love it. This has felt like a really awesome episode fifty. Episode fifty, just over an hour. Pretty good. I Pretty think. good. So uh, okay, we'll we'll end it here. Thanks for listening, and uh, you can find us on iTunes or the dotmatrix.com. Yeah, but until we record 51. Yeah, we, we, uh, and we'll, we'll get another one in this summer for sure. Oh, for sure. sure. So, okay, well, uh, let's be with you.